We'll check it out, y'all. We got what you need. We're all living in apartments, condos, vans. Well, dude, even you can have a studio. A studio in a box. Yes, we can help you with that right here at Blind Knowledge. We work on your budget, and we figure out your measurements. We'll get you the best sound for the best price. Let me know, 877-237-1143 or at blindknowledge.com. Yep. trying to make this world seem more normal because it never happened as you damn well know it never freaking happens and it's not madapping so get used to it but i am joined by yet another great guest today to make me well try to make the world normal but you know it never happens it never happens but anyway the guest is tom paladino and he is a scalar energy researcher and you may ask what the hell is scalar energy well guess what I was asking the same exact question right before we went live. So join me as we learn together. Tom, how are you doing tonight? I am well. Thank you for the invitation. Hi, Jeremy. Oh, it's always a pleasure to have people who study things I haven't necessarily heard of on the show, as I like to be educated a little bit. And the unknowns of this world are, all, are what this podcast is all about. So let's do it. First question I ask everybody, though, is... How did you get into this? I'm going I'm to call it a spiritual world because I believe your energy is somewhat spiritual in a way. So It is. It is. I was enthralled with the work of Nikola Tesla. I've studied Tesla as a youngster, and I realized that his work is not only valid, but it should be repeated. And in some aspect, I have repeated his work, and I have developed scalar energy instruments that, if you will, uh, mimic the work of Nikola Tesla. So it was Tesla who gave me this inspiration early in life. Interesting. And as you've got, well, watch, we'll get into a minute. We'll get to Tesla in a little bit because for those who don't know, Tesla was one of the world's greatest scientists who came to mysterious end because no one really knows what happened to him. There are theories, of course, but no one truly knows what happened to him at this point. I mean, he, Einstein stole a lot of his patents, I'll tell you that much right away. But besides that, I mean, Tesla was just a genius, basically, and he was going to 
our world would look very different if he got to live his full life. Our world would look very different today if he got to live his full life. I will say that much. And that's part of the theories of why he was taken away, too, though, is because of that. But we may get into that in a little bit, folks. We'll see how this conversation leads. But You're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. We'll get into that. <laughs> so you were interested in Tesla and... Did you have any experiences with anything spiritual or anything in the, I guess, surrounding worlds of that, that made you even more of a believer in this type of stuff? You know, this is a spiritual science. And one of the reasons I say that all of my work is non-physical. Well, what am I getting at? I'm not working with physical reality. I'm working with intelligence or information. It's important to realize that. And Tesla, during his career, he started to work with scalar energy or what he called radiant energy. And the key is this. It's free energy from the sun and the stars. It offers mankind incredible promise. But there is a pushback. There are people out there who do not want to upset the existing economic order, if you will. Scalar energy is free energy. Tesla once said, you'll never be able to bring a free energy device to the market or patent it. It just mm -hmm. won't be allowed. And this is why Tesla later in his life was shunned. He was working with free energy, but he realized that it just was not going to be embraced by the, by the power structure at play. No, never would. There's too many monopolies already for energy back then. And <laughs> if he tried, if anyone tried doing that today, they probably would, go missing faster and you can say boo but yeah you're absolutely right you're absolutely right and that's frankly that's the road that i'm traveling uh, by these are free energy instruments behind me i'll demonstrate that to your audience and i think your audience will appreciate the fact that this is a very promising technology but we have to overcome some hurdles along the way all right well to kind of start right at the beginning including myself what is scalar energy, technically? Like, yeah. what is it? Yeah. Scalar energy is, is the energy of the sun and the stars. It's the primal, initial energy of the universe. It governs everything. Electricity and magnetism are a subset of scalar energy. Behind me is a scalar energy instrument. I'm going to demonstrate what I mean by it's, it's the energy of the sun and the star. Again, this is free energy, if you will. So to demonstrate, I hold a a light bulb in my hand. This instrument is on. It will illuminate the light bulb by way of free energy. So there's so much energy in my laboratory, a light bulb will illuminate. That's one of the indications that, yes, this energy pervades. This is a miniature star, if you will. It pervades the universe. And you just have to tap into it. And you're tapping into free energy. I've been using this energy for years. I have a number of applications, but the, the main focus I have now is quantum health, using light energy, scalar energy, to improve human and animal health. On the quantum level, not the biological level. So I guess that I guess the mandate question of that would be what is the quantum level compared to the biological level? That is the question. <clears throat> you can see this is my physical presence. This is my soma. This is my body. Now, we cannot see the aura or the spirit or the energy field around my body. 
So Western science today addresses the, the cause and effect relationship with the physical body. I don't work with the physical body. I work with non-physical energy that works with the force field or the aura or what some people might call the spirit of a person. So this is a new science in which we work not with flesh and blood. We work with force fields or signatures. We can access a person's force field with scalar energy. Hmm. So when you say the force field, are you basically saying their aura or? Yes. Yes. Okay. That's, a, okay. that's another term. Aura, A-U-R-A, or their spirit, or perhaps their, their what some people might call their consciousness. Okay. So it's kind of in the same fields then as like Reiki and yes. all, all other energy work of that nature, basically. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. So this is, if you will, the non-physical science of scalar energy, or again, what Tesla called radiant energy. Now, why is that important? The physical world has its impediments. The physical world is bound by space and time. Non-physical energy, scalar energy, transcends time and space. Non-physical light energy can far exceed a chemical reaction, can far exceed any physical uh, cause and effect relationship. Once we realize this non-physical science, the science of intelligence or consciousness, we'll make great advances. Oh, I mean, well, actually, that, that, well, that, it made me think when you said that if we harness this, what would happen if we harnessed it like for the world? Like, would it eventually? Well, would we kill? Would we kill the sun and stars eventually? Would we drain the energy? I mean, no, it's it, impossible. It, it's impossible. I believe the energy is from God, is from the sun and the stars, and I believe. We have an infinite supply of scalar energy. Now, I'll repeat that. If we have an infinite supply of scalar energy, we're not going to have a energy crisis. There will no longer be an energy crisis, nor will there be pollution or some type of uh, chemical uh, exposure from energy production or energy distribution. That's what I envision. This is what Tessa demonstrated. Tessa had a tower in Wardenclyffe that he called Wardenclyffe, it was outside of New York City on Long Island. And this tower was able to illuminate objects without wires, without any connection to electrical power plant. So Tessa had a freestanding scalar energy tower that could capture star energy and illuminate objects. He demonstrated to the world free energy. Sadly, we did not listen to him. Sadly, uh, the, the money people of that day uh, and more or less undermined his research. What a shame. It is. I mean, it truly is. It it would be a blissful thing that free energy, no more electric people knocking at your door. Oh, we can save you three cents a kilowatt if you sign up with us. Like, just to not have that world anymore would be a great thing. But, and it would knock a couple hundred dollars off my plate every week, every month. But I would not mind that. Yeah, we're, we're headed towards that. That's where my research is headed. Now, these instruments that I've developed are just the beginning example of free energy instruments. Now, once this technique catches on, once my work catches on, the world will demand this. So this is a part of education. For the next four to five years, I have to educate the world that this is a reality. Hmm. Uh, well, I, I mean, I, I got to ask because I am a believer in Reiki and energy healing and all that. I am a believer in it because I practice a lot of it myself and 
how exactly does light heal? Because, I mean, I know people can work with energy through the body to heal it, but a light doing the same thing, I, I mean, does it basically purify you or is it something else? It's corrective. If we look at light, light is fundamental. So everything, whether whether it's your physical body or your aura or or what we would call your chakras, everything can be impressed upon. Everything can be influenced by light. Light is fundamental. Working with these instruments, which is fundamental light, we go back to the cause, not the effect, not the symptom. We go to the cause. And if the cause it needs a correction, that's what we do. We correct with this instrument. Now, let me demonstrate once again. This instrument is so strong, it can illuminate a light bulb. Now, imagine that energy going into your brain waves or your chakras. Hmm. That's, that's what I am advocating to the world. Free energy that we can use to balance our brain waves, correct our brain waves, correct our chakras. You can achieve that with scalar energy. It's not an electrical instrument. I'm not sending electricity into our brain waves. I'm sending scalar energy. The energy in and of itself is corrective. It is uplifting. So by using this corrective energy, we can overcome what I would consider emotional conditions, uh, psychological conditions. The energy corrects the mind. I was, I was going to say, it would definitely be a good apparatus for mental health. It definitely would. Yes. Yes, you're right. Now, many people who have come to us over the years have said that this helped them with depression or anxiety. So I believe this will be the tool of choice in the future for, again, emotional or psychological conditions. I've had many people say that this has curbed, this has in some way subdued their desire for alcohol or drugs. Well, how do you do that? The energy does that. The energy will correct our thinking. It will actually correct our conscience. And without outside intervention, without a chemical detox, without any type of hands-on physical approach, this energy will enter in the, our brain waves, our seven chakras, our, if you will, our psyche will change for the better. So this will be the tool for mental health moving forward. I mean, it definitely would be a better option than all the pills they try to force on people that have so many side effects that it takes a five-minute commercial to list them. So. Yes, thank, thank you. That's a good point. Now, I want to make this clear to underscore the point. If this is energy from the stars, there is no chemical reaction. I, I say frequently, have you ever heard of anybody who had a chemical detox from the stars at night? Do the stars cause an allergy? No. Do the stars cause any medical condition? No. Is there any drawback from walking out in, in the nighttime and having the stars send you energy? No. There's no negative consequence. No, as there shouldn't be. There really shouldn't be. I no. mean, and there's not going to be because it's, it's nature. It's pure nature that's been there since before we were and it's just been sitting there waiting for someone to discover that it's, it's useful actually. Yep. Thank you. So this, this is the new era in which we're avoiding physical interface. We're not worried about working with the physical body. We're above that. It's much easier to work with energy, instructive energy, and correct the chakras to correct the aura, which eventually will correct the physical body. 
No, eh, that's. I mean, yeah, that's. It all makes sense scientifically. But on your website, it says that people can be healed by way of a photograph, and I'm oh. tr trying to picture oh, okay. like what you mean by that. <laughs> okay, all right, that's a, a very salient question. I'm going to hold up my photograph. I never work with people. I only work with their photograph. This instrument will find the quantum signature on a photograph. What am I getting at? A scalar energy instrument recognizes me on the photograph. Now, right now, we're having a conversation by computer. Your computer and my computer, I see your image on my computer. Well, this instrument behind me works with my photographic image or anybody's image. Meaning what? A photograph is a source of light, a source of energy. The instrument will pick up my source of light, my source of energy on this instrument. I never work with people. This is the new science that's non-physical, that works with a person's aura or their force field on a photograph. Hmm. That's, if, I mean, if it works, that'd be unbelievable. That, I mean, that's genius if, you, if that works. It does. And why does it work? Because I abide by the laws of science. This instrument picks up the energy of anything. It can also pick up my energy on a photograph. And in so doing, my energy is identical to my physical body, to my real presence. So my photograph is my bilocated version. I don't work with people. It's much easier to work with their photograph. That way they don't have to visit my laboratory. So the photograph carries my identical instructions. What are we doing here? It's the easy, simple, painless way of accessing a person's force field, the aura. It's inexpensive. Why would you get in, get on a plane and, and travel to my laboratory? You don't have to. Your photograph transcends time and space. Very true, very true. And, of course, energy transcends time and space, too, because yes. you literally can watch someone make you something in a video, put your energy into it, and it actually works. I mean, even if you're watching the video weeks after they made the object, yes. it's, the fact, it's the fact that energy doesn't, understand how anything works either which is great <laughs> it really is i mean yeah, yeah so let me ask you this though do you think that big medical is going to have an issue with this in the future oh of course they are of course they are why i can work with one photograph at a time or i can work with many photographs so this instrument will work in the quantum field with any number of photographs i could in one day work with a million photographs a day well, that's, that's a game changer. So how many people can say, well, I can effectively reach a million people a day? I don't know, unless you have a scalar energy instrument. I call that the multiplier effect, where one researcher, myself, can have a positive influence on a million photographs, a million people, through their force field. So... Is there any difference, though, if you do it in person versus photograph? Like, is there actually any difference at all, or? There's no difference. There's no difference because there is no time or space. Whether you're present here in this laboratory or you're a thousand miles away, your photograph represents you. Your photograph is your stand-in version. Your photograph is your bilocated version. Now, imagine that. This proves that you can time travel. That's what a photograph is. It time travels to my instrument. 
you could be somewhere halfway around the world in Asia. doesn't matter. You send your photograph, you're time traveling instantaneously to my instrument. Interesting. So, I mean, all right, well, been thinking about this this whole time because I have a meditation that was made by my Reiki teacher and she, in it, oh, and whenever, whenever she does a Reiki session with me anyway, she always says, imagine the light coming out of the roots of the earth and into your body. Is this the same light we're talking about? Like, does the earth store this light? Yes. Yes, it does. Everything stores this light. Now, it's from the energy originates from the sun and the stars, but it's everywhere. You can't escape it. Okay. Let me, let me demonstrate. Scalar energy will pass through a solid brick wall. It will pass through wood. This is a wooden culinary board. I'm going to place this by the instrument. So the instrument now is blocked by that wooden board. If I hold a light close to the wooden board, it still illuminates. Okay? Scale energy passes through the wooden board. It illuminates the light. So what's the point here? Nothing can stop this energy. It's everywhere in the universe. A mountain range cannot stop this energy. A brick wall cannot stop this energy. That's... That's almost freaky weird in a way, too. Like, it just is. But how would it get connected to, like, a, a grid for buildings and whatnot to be used for that? Like, I that's, that's an excellent question. There is no grid. That's an excellent question. You don't need a grid. What am I getting at? If I can illuminate a light bulb in my laboratory, okay, eventually I should be able to illuminate that light bulb a thousand miles away. How do I make a connection? You don't need to. It's a scalar energy connection. Everything is already connected by scalar energy. You don't have to go from A to B. Huh. I mean, but if this energy is flowing around now, why don't we see light bulbs light up when the power's off? Or does it take yeah. special light bulbs or? No, it takes a special amount of uh, a special uh, magnitude of scalar energy. So this this is, if you will, a, a great deal of scalar energy that's been, if you will, harnessed by those this instrument and, and broadcast by those Tesla coils. What's the key here? The key is in the instrumentation, the engineering. A lot of energy is coming from those Tesla coils. Well. That's from years of research from Dr. Hieronymus, my predecessor, and myself, and frankly, other researchers. So we're, we're at the, if you will, the, the, the nascent stage of this new science. I'm trying to interest people into how free energy can change the world. And uh, I think we'll, we'll see this within our lifetimes, that scalar energy will start to power the world, provide illumination for the world. Which, I mean, I guess that's kind of what I was trying to get out with the grid thing as well is, so we'd have to have these instruments in every building in the world for this to work, right? That's right. That's right. Now, if, if that's the case, yes. Otherwise, you could have an instrument for a region, and you could simply send a photograph, and we could illuminate a city by one of one photograph in this instrument. In other words, you could take an aerial photograph of a city and we could illuminate the entire city through scalar energy. 
anything in a photograph will be touched by scalar energy. In other words, my photograph or the photograph of 20 people, 30 people will be illuminated by that instrument. So imagine in the future, if you had a aerial photograph of a city or a few city blocks, you could illuminate everything in that city block. So, I mean, that, make, that makes sense. Like literally in every borough of New York City, there could <laughs> yes. be one building with just pictures literally taped up on the wall with this instrument yes. in the middle and it would constantly provide energy. Correct. Now consider how a little bit of energy, scalar energy could illuminate an entire building. Look at the savings. Look at the energy savings. So, all right, this question I want to ask, I know it's not going to be the easiest question to answer, but so without revealing secrets or breaking any patent laws or anything like that, what is this instrument similar to that people could be able to click in their heads and be like, oh, it's like that? I mean, a generator or? Yeah, if you want to consider a generator, remember, the, excuse me, the energy is from the sun. So the sun is the generator, but that's a good question. Um, how do we, uh, by way of analogy, how do we relate this to people? Well, the power plant, the generator is the sun and the stars. And you access that energy, the generator, and in so doing, that ambient energy of the sun and the star can be felt around anybody in, in the vicinity of this scalar energy instrument. So I guess that would be a, 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 a might, I'm not trying to be clumsy about this, but that's a great question. Think of the generator as the sun. It's a universal generator. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. And so I guess these would be compared to receivers possibly, or I mean, kind of what solar panels are when you see uh, yeah. the, big solar panel, the big solar panel fields like any in cities, you'll see them on the, on the outskirts, like in a field that have, 50, 60 solar panels just sitting there in the ground, like constantly charging. I'm yes. kind of picturing this would be the same type of device almost. Yes, you're right. It, it, I think it would be. With the exception that with scalar energy, there's no entropy. The signal, the energy never dies off. So if you had solar panels, scalar energy solar panels, they would constantly absorb scalar energy, whether it's night or day. Scalar energy does not depend upon the illumination of, of sunlight. It could be starlight. And obviously at night, we only see the stars, if you will. But nonetheless, the universe of stars could easily power any scalar energy device. So we, we've removed many of the encumbrances. We've removed many of the obstacles. Scalar energy overcomes so many problems, so many obstacles. Well, that's the key to, to any scientific invention. If we can solve a problem, we improve the human condition. Exactly. I mean, and it, it makes you think, too, because, I mean, they always tell you, if you're feeling down, go stand or sit in the sun for a good five minutes and you'll feel better. Mm -hmm. Or, I mean, even at night, to a lesser degree, the effect is still there. If you just go outside and stand there for a couple of minutes, like, everything feels calmer. You feel like a sense of relief wash over you in a way. So that times... 100 with this energy with the actual energy receiver for it would make sense that would work now now consider this keep in mind that scalar energy is is non-physical okay so what's the point 
nothing can go wrong. There is no uh, chemical detox. Nothing, nothing can happen that would cause a rash or a Herxheimer reaction or some type of dizziness. Okay, This is a mistake-proof energy. So now we, we've avoided any type of what we call a medical condition. You can't have a medical condition when you're working with auras, right? Let's be blunt. Have you ever heard of a medical condition when somebody works with their aura? No. It's not, it's not a medical term. It's not a medical process. We avoid the downside of medical conditions. There is no medical condition. Just to think how this would rock the medical world if this actually like becomes a huge thing, it would, which I'm sure it will eventually, but it would rock the medical world, the insurance, medical insurance world. Yes. Like a, a lot of companies would be going out of business and the ones that still do exist would be, I mean, they wouldn't go out of business completely because obviously surgery still need to exist and cancer treatment and all that still needs to exist for other reasons, but still, you're I mean, it would. You're absolutely right. Now, remember if I can work with one person, or I can work with 30, 40 people. I can also work with a million people. Now, that is what I call the multiplier effect, in which one instrument can perform the work of 100,000, 200,000 people. So we're reducing work. The instrument is doing our work for us. We have robots that do work for us. Well, this is going to be a scalar energy robot, so to speak, in which whether it's one person, or 20 people or a million people, we can access a million people by the aura, one instrument. One instrument can do the work of 100,000 people. So it makes work obsolete. Technology, automation makes work obsolete. We won't have to work a 40-hour work week. Now, the question is, could this energy somehow be harnessed for automobiles like would everybody have to have an electric vehicle or something similar yeah this is what tesla envisioned and we're getting there tesla had a car that operated on scalar energy he took out the motor and it was not a combustion event and he had an antenna that captured scalar energy so tesla was using scalar energy for sun energy to power his car so he had the first free energy car and he demonstrated this this car in operation. It worked, it, it worked very well. Okay, so where are we going with this? Why don't we reinvent that? Why don't we have cars that work on scalar energy? Big oil. <laughs> That's my number one yeah. thing. Yes, you're absolutely right. Yes. I mean, yes. Everything that. Oh, okay. I won't say everything, but most things that would improve humanity are blocked by some business corporations or by the government for this or that reason, usually money involved, but there's everything that could, most things that could help humanity are blocked. And this is just another one of those things on that long list that, I mean, geez. Yeah. It's right if they were free education. <laughs> okay, so we've touched upon this. These instruments have been shown to destroy microbes, germs, viruses, bacteria. I've demonstrated how these instruments are free energy. There was another man by the name of Thomas Moray who was able to use this instrument to scatter energy to send a sound wave without attenuation. So that's 
telecommunications, that's radio waves, if you will, so to speak, on the scalar uh, quantum level. So whatever we're doing today with electromagnetic energy, we can do with scalar energy at pennies on the dollar at a fraction, fraction of the cost. It's much safer, no carbon footprint, and we reduce the workload significantly. Which, I mean, it would be a revolution. It would be a revolution that would change the world. It would take people some time to get used to it because a lot of people be out of jobs and a lot of people be looking for jobs at the same time now. And yeah, I mean, it might create more things that, out of that even because they would need to find places for people to work. But still. Uh, uh, the world I envision is a world in which, a, a world of fairness. And if if we level the playing field, so to speak, and everybody has access to these inventions and everybody has access to these resources, you will not have poverty. You will not have scarcity. Okay. We're, we're just, we're, we're so used to this 45 hour work week that we can't possibly think that we could accomplish everything we need to accomplish in 12 or 15 hours a week. Work is necessary, but we, we should not have to work 40, 45 hours a week anymore. I agree. I mean, it should be easily 20 or less a week and that's all your job should take. I mean, but if, I mean, if we have all this, all this automation, if we have robots, if we have machines that perform the work, all of this automation, why is it with all of this automation, we're, we're working more, not less. Well, we obviously we're not, we're not marshalling these, these resources as we should. Invention should reduce the workload. I don't know what's wrong with modern day society, frankly. I don't get it. I've been saying that my whole life, but I I, I don't I get, don't get I, it. I don't get people. I don't get society. I mean, I understand the reason we're like this is not because of the average person by any means. It's because of the few elite that shouldn't be in charge of everybody. But right. I mean, does democracy really exist? And debatable. But it's just, uh, but I also see kind of a more grim use for this as well. If God forbid an apocalyptic event ever happens, which many people would tell me it's going to happen soon. I mean, if we had this energy in place, we would still have, we still would have every energy source we need. Once that happens, we wouldn't be like when the grid goes down in every zombie show or TV show in the world, like it'd be, we'd still have power and it would solve a lot of issues even then. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's the term. Let's solve issues. What's the point of research? What's the point of Nikola Tesla's 200, 300, 400 inventions? To help people. Tesla gave us the modern day age. But was Tesla more so than any other inventor, any other researcher? We need to revisit Tesla because some of his inventions have been uh, obscured or hidden. Why? Well, it, it will upset the social order. It will upset the economic order. Well, I say all, I'm all for that because the social order, the economic order needs to be improved. And if we can improve it by way of technology, then let's change the social order. Let's change the economic order. I 100% agree on that statement. I mean, and yeah, a lot of Tesla's best inventions that we don't even know existed were confiscated by whoever made him disappear. I, I, whoever, I forget who it was, but whoever found his apartment or checked his apartment after he went missing for a few days 
everything was scattered everywhere like people were looking for things so they were trying to they were trying to find all his patent paperwork all everything i mean i kind of picture i I picture einstein personally rifling through everything but it's it's well established that the united states government seized all of his notes and his inventions when he died well for what reason and how does that benefit me how does that benefit my family it doesn't so that's that's the mystery, and that's the uh, subterfuge, if you will, and this is what we have to overcome. Yeah, and it's a lot to overcome because the only way that we'll ever get past this is to the people that want to stop this need to be stopped, basically. And yes, I don't I don't see how that would ever happen. I mean, it that would have to be a full on revolution. It would have to be you'd have to. Have, a huge mob of American people or people from around the world just demanding this and to the point where it can't be hidden anymore. You're right. You're right. I, and that day is coming. I think um, this podcast will find its way around the world. Again, I thank you, Jeremy. Um, oh, I getting, can hope. <laughs> yeah. Getting this information out there to the world. That's what it takes. And uh, there's a lot to be said of a grassroots effort. So really. Oh, there is. Thank, yes, you're darn right. Thanks for your effort. I, 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 like I told you when I wanted to get you on the show, certain messages that, even if they're not the most paranormal messages out there in the world, they're important enough to the spiritual world that they need to be put out there. And I'm a believer in manifestation, which I would assume you are too, since you're yes. trying to manifest something right now. So yes, that's you're absolutely right. Well, I'll show your audience in particular how flawless this is and how simple this is. I'm going to hold up a photograph. I only work with photographs now. That's vitamin B3, which has energy to it. Don't think of chemicals. Think of energy or force fields. Now, if I place my photograph side by side B3, there's a sharing of information. Vitamin B3 communicates with my photograph. If I place these two photographs inside the instrument, Niacin B3 downloads into me, into my aura, into my quantum field. This is how I receive my vitamins on a daily basis, through the aura, through non-physical intelligence. So niacin is downloaded into me, and I can actually, my body, my quantum body will create niacin. Now, what are we getting at? Well, if we can have this conversation by way of our computers, your computer, my computer are sharing images. I see you in my computer, Jeremy. Then why can't this computer download information into my aura, into my quantum field? It does. So this is the new science of non-physical reality in which a photograph can communicate with another photograph. Now, looking at that, though, does the vitamin have to be broken down to a molecular level and then have a picture taken of it? It usually it works better. Very good. It usually works better if it's um, in the crystalline shape or, or form or, or down to this molecular level of a high magnification. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if you if you look at that structure, that's that is going to be reproduced in me. Anything I put in this instrument is corrective, and will not only correct my body, my quantum body will also download that information into me. So you're right. 
the instrument does what you tell it to do. This is why I use photographs. The photograph never makes a mistake. That energy enters into me on the quantum side. It's not a chemical. It's information. Now, see, it's funny that you say it will work through a computer screen. I swear to God, when you were doing that, I felt a little something. Oh, uh, yeah? Well, that's my, your intent. My, my chakras yeah. were, like, going a little crazy for a second. That's, that, that's your intention. You know, consider this. I'm going to hold up my photograph and a light bulb. Again, if this instrument can illuminate a light bulb, well, that's the energy that's re rendered upon your chakras. Okay. Imagine that white light downloading into my force field, into my chakras, into my brain waves. How much energy is going into your brain waves? That amount of energy. That's a terrific amount of energy downloading into your seven chakras. This is the science of scalar energy, in which a photograph is your bilocated version. This is your quantum version of your physical body. I mean, that's it would put the pharmaceutical bit like the whole field out of business. It would put the it would put the marijuana dispensaries out of business because they could just take a picture of any strain of marijuana down to the molecular level and hold right. it up to the light in your yeah. picture. Here's a here's another experiment, and this works because it's energy. There's energy of the Epstein-Barr virus. That's a common virus. If I wanted to eradicate Epstein-Barr, I would place my photograph side by side the photograph of Epstein-Barr. It's all information. It's not a chemical process. So the information of Epstein-Barr enters into my quantum field. The two photographs communicate with one another. You're communicating with me by way of a computer. I'm communicating by way of photographs. Your image on this video is my communication. This image of my photograph with the image of Epstein-Barr are my source of communication. By placing these two photographs in the scatter energy instrument, <clears throat> scatter energy will find Epstein-Barr in me and eradicate it, destroy it, break it apart, transmute it. This is the easy way to get rid of a virus. Now, that just put a thought in my mind, and I... It may not be possible, but what if you were to, instead of a picture of you, put a picture of the world in front of it? Yeah, that's a good point. The instrument works as, as long as your skin, some part of your skin is photographed. So uh, people from around the world have sent me collages. I actually work with corporations now in which people will send me three or 400 photographs of a corporation. But everybody, their skin is, is photographed because you have to identify the person by way of that photograph of some part of their body. So these yeah. photographs, okay, very good. These photographs are, are actual photographs of people. Now, you could take an aerial photograph of a city, but you're only going to be treating the buildings. I doubt if you're going to get everybody in the city by way of an aerial or a drone photograph. But that's a good point. Yeah, okay. I mean... Like I said, I, I wasn't sure it was going to work, but I had to throw it out there just in case it hasn't crossed anybody's mind yet. You know, if you have an idea, you'd be stupid not to say it. <laughs> no, and I'm glad you did. You know, again, this is a group photograph. It's a collage. But imagine if, if you're hovering over a city and you take a – if people would allow you, you would take a photograph of people at a stadium, a soccer stadium. Okay. Interesting. 
And that, that way we see the multiplier effect where you could work with one photograph, a thousand, two thousand people by way of an aerial photograph. Now see on your site though, um, there was actually two types of energy you listed that I never heard of. So I was kind of hoping you could illuminate me and my audience on what these are. Okay. I know they never came up my, I know they, I know they haven't come up with my show yet. The first one was pyramid energy. They're all synonymous terms for scalar energy. Let me be clear. The first energy of the universe is scalar energy. And then the second energy that's derived from that is electricity, magnetism. Okay. So scalar energy, synonymous terms are zero-point energy, torsion energy, radiant energy, consciousness, pyramid energy, aloptic energy, life force energy. Um, some people call it orgone energy. To be very clear, there's only two energies. The initial energy is scalar energy, and therefrom you have a derivative of electricity, which is the secondary energy. It's so simple. It's very eloquent. It's simple. It's straightforward. It really is. I mean, I, I kept thinking that it was going to be more complex than it really is. Yeah. And I, it, I mean... It's not, and I'll tell you why, Jeremy. When you're working with creation at, at the ground floor level, the cause, the cause is always simple. Creation is simple. Creation evolves in complexity when you get away from the cause. Okay, The cause is always a first principle. It's simple. It's straightforward. It's easy. Creation is simple. <clears throat> but what creation can do is quite profound, and it's quite complicated. Makes sense. And you said you believe it comes from God. So I'm assuming you are a religious person. Yes. Yes. I'm a Christian, Catholic. I believe energy, the light of the world, the light of the universe is commanded by God. You know, what, in other words, what precedes what, what, what comes before God? Nothing. So he's the uncreated being who created the universe. So a first principle, the first cause is always light, energy. Light mm -hmm. energy is fundamental. There's nothing else in the universe that's fundamental, not that I know of. Uh, I mean, yeah, it, well, air, maybe. <laughs> that's the only thing I could think of, really. But, I mean, energy, had a, energy. I, I'm guessing, had a hand in air somehow. But, because, yeah. I mean, well, that's actually, actually that's a, another analogy I really didn't think of to the second. But this would be to us, like photosynthesis is the plants, correct? That's correct. My predecessor, a man by the name of Hieronymus, grew plants in the dark with scalar energy instruments. And he proved that scalar energy is the, is the animating force of photosynthesis. Now, if that's true and accurate, and I say it is, the main cause behind photosynthesis is, is scalar energy. It's, it's not electromagnetic energy. Meaning what? that the life force energy, even for biological life, for plant life, is scalar energy. It's the sun and the stars. Which makes sense. And I mean, and since we we're just talking about how nothing came before God, I got to ask, and I it's a paranormal show, so I have to ask this. <laughs> My audience is going to expect it at this point. Do you believe in extraterrestrials? I believe... I've seen photographs of extraterrestrials, and I, I do not doubt that those photographs show, let's say, let's call them flying objects. Okay. What do I think 
that is. I think in many cases, it's demonic. And I'll tell you why. I've never heard of extraterrestrials or UFOs or, or space beings helping us. Why don't they help us, Jeremy? What's the point? Well, where, I mean, where, in other words, where is the help? Why, why are they not helping us? If they're so intelligent, why don't they help us? Oh, there's a couple of theories that actually come to mind with that. And I mean, the first one being the theory that extraterrestrials are the reason that we're on Earth to begin with. But I mean, that kind of, I know that goes against what you believe. So I won't push that one too hard. But. No, no, you, uh, you know, it's it's an open-ended question. Nobody knows. But I, I'm very suspicious if, if extraterrestrials have this advanced knowledge, share it with us. You know, if if I if I have advanced knowledge, I think I have some knowledge with scared energy. I promulgate this. I don't hide it. I'm on I'm on podcasts. Thanks for your interview. Yeah, of course. I mean, and the only other theory that comes to mind with that, though, I mean, trust me, you're not the first person on this show to say they think that UFOs are demonic. That's definitely a theory out there. I've heard it multiple times. And I just really lose my freaking train of thought on that one. <laughs> I think I did. But, well, I mean, extraterrestrials have helped us, some believe. Some believe that the greatest minds could have been extraterrestrials, like Tesla, for example. That might have, that's, that's one of the theories about why he disappeared is that he just went home or he was taken home or forced out, forced to go home. Like he basically just left Earth. For some reason or another. Yeah, there's, there's, no, there's never been another Tesla. He was so advanced. God gave him so many gifts. He was so wise. You see, the key to Tesla, he copied nature. You don't have to recreate the universe. Just copy the universe. This is what Tesla did. This is why he's so famous, why he was so successful. He understood the fundamental laws of the universe, and he copied them. He followed the fundamental laws. Why is it that many people with energy generation cannot advance, can, cannot have the achievement that Tesla? They're trying to recreate the universe. It doesn't make sense, Jeremy. I don't know why they don't get that. Follow the universal laws. Copy them. Follow them. Be obedient to the universal laws. Yeah, I mean, it's you basically just like brought up the idea of like why are why is CERN trying to create a black hole like that? Every science fiction movie ever would tell you, don't do this. You're stupid. Stop it. <laughs> but, I mean, you're trying to recreate one of the worst things about the universe, not one of the things that actually helps people or would help anything. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you have to ask yourself, why you know, so much of CERN was hidden from the public? And there were many, um, many people say the word demonic references involved in the project of CERN. And, you know, what, what's the upshot? What are the results? How has this helped me? How has this helped you and your family? Okay. Can you tell me that, Jeremy? I, it's um, not helped my family. I'm not putting you on the spot. Uh, you know, it's, oh, oh, trust me. I am not a supporter of it at all. I mean, unless it's going to turn me into the Flash, then I'm good. Or something <laughs> along those lines. If it's going to do that, then, okay, we can talk. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I could, do, I could definitely wouldn't mind being a superhero. But... If it's not going to do that, then what are you doing? What are you doing, people? And you're right. It was hidden for a long time. And I mean, I mean, there are there's been rumors of it being an Illuminati thing or Freemason thing, like all the big conspiracy groups have been thrown in there one time or another to explain it. But 
It's just, I don't know. The, the government hides a lot of things from us, and we'll never know why until it's too freaking late, as always. Yeah, yeah you're absolutely right. You know, this is why I try and be very uh, straightforward, transparent. I show people my laboratory, and I even I tell people, sign up for the free sessions on my website. The key is to, to advance technology that people have to get on board. Now, I want to be very clear. I don't work with government, big business, academia. I work alone. And, and that is a, a concerted effort on my part to avoid what I call political intrigue. So I work alone, and I'm trying to garner, if you will, a grassroots movement. I'm trying to interest people around the world to get involved with us. Well, I am more than happy to spread the word and try to get it out there as much as I possibly can. And I hope people all around the world do hear this episode, along with all my other episodes, of course, but this episode especially. And maybe this, I mean, you manifest, manifestation is real. And we're manifesting something right now. We're manifesting a belief. So yes. We hopefully, are. It work, hopefully it works. And if anybody that wants to help us manifest this belief wants to find you or your work, where can they do that? Yeah. The website is scalarlight.com. That's spelled S-C-A-L-A-R, scalarlight.com. Now, in order for me to prove this to society, I offer everybody in the world, by way of their photograph, 15 days of free session. If you go to the website, you can send in your photograph, your family photographs, even pets. And then allow us to balance your chakras, provide nutrients, and to, if you will, transmute microbes, germs. And then you decide after the 15-day free session how you feel. This is, this is the key element to my research. I prove it, or I want to prove it to you. And once we have a grassroots movement, then we can advance. Exactly. I mean, nothing. everything starts from somewhere. So help them get started, folks. As far as I go, I mean, all my listeners, you should know by now where you can find me 170, 80 episodes in at this point. But if you can't, if you forget, if you're new, well, if you're new, you got a lot of episodes to listen to, so get started. But if you're new, it'll tell you where to go to find me and everything I do, many, many podcasts. But I want to thank Tom for coming on because this has been an enlightening, very educational episode, which in the paranormal field, we get educated every time someone's on this show, but this was true education. This is world-changing education that everybody should learn. And I thank Tom once more, one final time for bringing it on here. And I will share the heck out of this episode when it comes out just to make sure it gets out there. Please, thank you. And we'll place it on our website with your permission, Jeremy. Oh, of course. You have it already. And until next time, folks, I will be back on Wednesday for anybody watching this in replay. I'll be back on Wednesday with another live episode. Who's the guest? Come find out. Because off the top of my head, I have no freaking clue. But I do a lot of I do a lot of podcasting. <laughs> I, I have so many. We have guests lined up to December, folks. That's how booked out this show is at this point. So I don't know who every single one is right away. But until next time, thank you all for listening and thank you all for watching. If you're watching now or later, have a good night. You can find me on Facebook as Jeremy Bryant, or you can find me as Uncensored, Unapologetic, and Untamed UQ Podcast Collective group, Facebook group. You can find me on Twitter and the Instagram as at JuggaloBastard, or should I say X now? And you can find me on TikTok as at JuggaloBastard Podcast. You can also find me on YouTube as Paranormal New Normal, and you can also find me streaming on YouTube as Blind Knowledge Network.
because they'll know how to blind until they admit Bigfoot exists.